Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, wherever you may be. Thank you for tuning in to the Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Support.com, and you guys can always follow me on any one of my social handles, whether it's on Twitter at Locker underscore reports, on Instagram, LockReport100, all small caps, on Facebook, LockReport.com, and also check out the podcast, Locker Talk, on Facebook, but most importantly, go to YouTube. Subscribe today. Subscribe to the day today. Subscribers are joining. Um, join Locker Talk Podcast on YouTube. Make sure you guys subscribe, but most importantly as well, check me out anytime, 24-7, on the site, bestnewsradionetwork.com. Make sure you guys go to the site. It's a beautiful site. I know you guys already know about it, but still, go to it. That's where you find this great content on Locker Talk anytime at your leisure. Uh, when you're ready to rest and relax and Want to find out more stuff about the NFL behind the scenes? Go and check out this show. Now, this is the fun part of the year when you know, when Locker Dashport, the Locker Dash Report really, really hones in on the craft. And this is the time of the year where evaluations started coming for the, the upcoming season for the NFL. And I know primarily this show talks about the players who came through the NFL Regional Combine, but also of late, definitely focusing on the HBCU players as well, um, as that is, um, a, uh, I would say, something that is needed. And you've heard me talk about it on the show many times and probably other sources of news media that emphasize or, you know, take their time out to talk about the HBCU um, community, how the league is trying to really get things rolling as far as having the players from the HBCU uh, be identified and actually, you know, actually been taking a little more seriously fast with their talent, you know, getting noticed to at least, to at least get in front of NFL decision makers to l- allow the right, you know, people to make, to make the, the shots call to like really look at these players and then from there get them the opportunity to get into the NFL. And we know far as the stat, close to 7,000 players, in the NFL um, last year, 2020 season, um, the season finished with 32 players from the HBCU platform. So, of course, when you look at 7,000, and then you see that there's only 32 of those players in that 7,000, roughly around 7,000 players, you know that's really, really bad. So, this definitely needs something, definitely needs to be a change um, on both sides, the league side and also with the uh, HBCU institutions. They have to, they have a major they play a major role in this as well, as far as with, um, I would say, uh, the the relationship with the with the the brand and the NFL. Why is a disconnect, you know, there? So it's a lot of number of reasons. Not just one side is definitely a collective issue, a party. But hopefully, real soon, everyone, all the decision makers will eventually get to the point where everybody will be on the same page. And that's when we'll start to see true fairness in the valuation um, process in regards to the HBCU 
um, community players get into the league and also the small schools that I deal with as well. Now, we know everyone will not be satisfied. There will definitely be some people that will be missed or probably sometimes a disconnect. But, however, the, the, the efforts need to get uh, need to improve on both sides. And each year we're looking, you know, to see a difference. Now, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, last year the NFL was ready to have their first annual NFL Regional Combine, which was going to be a real big deal, a lot of things that was leading up to it. But due to the uh, pandemic that this country had faced and still continues to face, the workouts from last year was canceled and this year's workout was canceled, including the players that was going to be invited to the regional um, com, um, combine invitation as well. Um, but this year, um, everything was cut out. Uh, the NFL sent out a memo. I, I received this memo uh, as well, how no team, no affiliate, no scout, no personnel is allowed or basically permitted from attending any type of workouts outside of the NFL pro day. If it's not sanctioned, by the NFL, no one from the NFL, um, I would say, I mean, I would say community, but any NFL institution or front office executive, they are not allowed to attend. Uh, so that pretty much put a, you know, a really hurt the case with the evaluation this year. And when you look on television and when we see that, um, again, the big schools, and it's not all the big schools part, the big schools, you know, for what they have done, you know, over the decades, decades, right, uh, fair and unfair. Uh, just, we're not talking about the fairness of that. However, um, they, they they have a platform, and these these talented players that have that um, luxury to get to those pro days and perform. You know, frankly, a lot of these, a lot of them are top-notch players, so they don't get the the process, you know, wrong all the time. Majority of times. They nail it, and we see it all the time, every year. You know, when the Trevor Lawrence's of the world, and then you have the um, uh, the Fields of the world, you know, Justin Fields of the world. You see these guys out there, and these guys are legit, and they deserve to be where they are. And and, it's, and they did what they were supposed to do to get to that place, and so there's definitely um, no knock against them. You know, but at the same time, there's always, you know, that – that what if, you know, the things would have went right with a player with the SAT scores or their home situation. The things happen, next thing you know, instead of going to a major Division One, they wind up going to a lower Division One or Division Two, and then their road to get to the NFL is a little harder. And then at the same time, you have situations where the institutions don't have the money or don't have the funding, uh, whether it's, you know, rightly so or wrongly so. They don't have the type of equipment to really improve the talent of the player that would have garnered the opportunity to play at a, a powerhouse school. But going to one of those small schools or going to a school that's not not funded, all of a sudden when you're looking for their skill set to increase, it takes a dip. And even going against the competition they, they deal with in, um, at the small schools, that takes a dip as well. And that's the the unre- that's the reality of that situation. Then when you have a player who was looked at being a top notch player, things happen. Did they get a chance to get to that power school? They go to a lower school. The competition there level is not that good, but they adjust themselves to it. But when they adjust themselves to it, they don't adjust themselves to the point where they're going to just really blow it out the water. 
compared to the big schools. And then when it's time for them to get in front of the top-notch players with the better play, the better coaching, and having the better access and facilities, when it's time for them to go up against them, that's where you see the diminished product. That should not have been. So with all that being said, there's still players out there that can play in this league given the opportunity because, after all, over 50, over 58% of the NFL is is loaded with undrafted players. So it just goes to show that, hey, there are players out there that did not go to the big schools but can definitely ball. All they just need is an opportunity to get in front of um, scouts and true decision makers, and then boom, here we go. You listen to Lock of Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow to, of today. I'm your host, Barry Barnes. So now, without further ado, um, this weekend there is a workout. Um, predicated to the HBCU players um, this weekend. Um, these are some of the players. Matter of fact, most of these players were on the roster for the HBCU, uh, the NFL HBCU workouts from last year, and some that probably would have been on the roster for this year, on the invitation for this year, but a good handful of players from last year are invited to this workout. Now, as far as how they're going to get their information out, I believe that they will have um, video like um, videos there because the setup is going to be set up like the regional combine. And the way how the regional combine is set up, that if all the scouts are not there, um, either way, the video is going to be made for each um, individual. And the video through the regional combine Every video will be sent to all 32 teams in the league. Now, I'm quite for sure that this workout is going to have that same setup, and then hopefully they get the video out to the teams. And that way, the players that did not have any tape or any video of a workout from last year finally get to see themselves put on tape where they can actually eventually get sent to the teams so the teams can see who these players are and then from there, take the extra steps as they lead in towards the draft, who they can bring on, who they may have missed out on last year because there was no film on them. This year it will be, and this is where things start to change and get back on course because next year, folks, I'm assuming everyone will be vaccinated going into 2022 um, 22 year. Then we have the workouts, and then I can finally get back out there on the field but look at some players with my own eyeballs and see who can get to who are worthy enough to have an opportunity to get into the NFL? And we're going to start jumping right now for us with this year. Now I know last week we touched on some of the players, and it was all on the defense. But this week I'm going to really get into and finish the defense. I'm going to talk about some of the players I did talk about last last that I did mention last week, but get a little bit more in depth into their you know, their skill set and their breakdown and stuff like that. And so we'll jump right into the defense side and then lead ourselves to the offense side and then each week try to talk about and highlight some other players from other institutions um, to, to get y'all guys familiar so that at least when the third day of the draft come around and if you hear someone's name called or right after the draft, where I think is also a major part of the draft, is that the players that get that phone call to come as uh, rookie free agents to see what these guys come into camps. And if there's some names out there that you guys will be recognized with, this is what this show is all about. It gets you guys caught up on some potential players out there 
that that can really change the narrative and really, really showcase what they can do if they were given the opportunity to get to the NFL. So with all that good stuff being said, I'm looking forward to it, to, like, really get this breakdown with some players here now. Now, last week I did mention this one gentleman, this one player they're about to talk about now with Robert, uh, Robert Cummins. Now, Robert Cummins, coming from Benedict College now, one of the things I will look at, and we're talking about the defensive backs, the defensive backs here. Uh, the defensive backs, for the most part, are pretty – have nice size. When we get to the interior, the defensive and the defensive tackles, that's where the problem lies at because a lot of these players are, are small. You know, most of these guys will have to, you know, shift over to another position like a linebacker because they're essentially just too small to be on that defensive line. And we're going to talk about some of those players because they do have – a couple of them have a couple of niches that if they can home on them, they may have an opportunity to at least get into someone's camp and then from there allow their heart and their hunger to take them to the next step. Now, Robert Benedict, defensive back, six foot, 185 pounds. He explodes through his hips in all his – you know, in his tackles. He's definitely always exploding through, which is one of the things that you want to make sure your technique is when you explode through your hips, that's where your power comes in at. And then at the same time, that's where you also pretty much um, um, balance and where you have control. And this is one of those situations where this young man has a lot of control when he hits. Great technique, very strong, great hands for the, uh, for the position. Would not be surprised if he had played um, was a wide receiver during his days in, in high school because he's very aggressive to the to the ball, very intense, very physical. He also support run have great provide good run support as well. Solid against the runs, exceptional pad level, always lead with his shoulders and he squares up properly. His hands is always always active. And then we will get to another young man with Jonah Hill from Alabama State, five ten, a hundred and ninety six pounds good size. This young man has great anticipation. He understands route combinations very well, and he understands them very well that he knows how to defend those route combinations. Good hand usage, good speed, have elite closing speed. So when he's locked in and he's on attack mode, he's going to get to you in such a fast way, in such a fast pace, that before the, the ball carrier is able to make their next move, chances are Hill is right there to take him out. He tracks the ball very well. He played against the run very well. Explode through his pads. Solid pad level. Um, sticks. And he actually sinks down into coverage where he can be able to hide and also monitor the quarterback, but hide in that secondary where the quarterback will not find him. That is a solid, solid, strong t- trait that he definitely had. You listen to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network. When the guys come back, we're going to wrap up some, some more defensive players from the HBCU product the um, community look forward for for the 2021 season. You listen to Lock and Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Hi, I'm Amanda Pete. Like all new parents, my husband and I want what's best for our baby. When it was time for our daughter's immunizations, we wanted the facts. So we carefully researched vaccines. We spoke with doctors and other experts and asked some tough questions. We decided the vaccines were the best thing for our child. I urge you to get the facts. Learn the facts about vaccines so you can make the best healthcare decisions for your family. Thank you. A message from the American Academy of Pediatrics and vaccinateyourbaby.org. Welcome back 
the Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL stars for tomorrow today. I am your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Report.com. And you guys can always come and check out this site where you hear some great programming, not for myself, but some other other great sources of news there. Like, for instance, like the Donaldson Files with Tom Donaldson and Coco Koshny, where they discuss politics from the right and the left while giving you entertainment news and guests. Listen every Tuesday and Wednesday, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where you don't always have to catch that time. If you miss them live, make sure you guys tune into that site where you get some great, great news from those guys where they are played. You can listen to them anytime, any part of the day, any hour that's at your leisure. Make sure you check them out. They're very funny, very entertaining, and plus, most importantly, they know their stuff. Now, back to all the goods talked about with the players from the HBC, the HBCU platform to watch out for heading to the 2021 NFL season. Now, we talked about some good defensive backs last week, and one of the players that, that stands out as well, and to talk about two players on the defense side of the ball that actually made themselves eligible for this year. Now, these two players here were not on the list last, you know, in the previous last year because they were juniors. This year would have been their senior year, but through COVID, they missed HBCU. Majority of them missed their season. I, would say, I don't want to say a majority, but they had the spring ball. Some played, and then you had another portion that's going to wait and play the up into this fall in 2021 to take advantage of the extra year eligibility that NCAA had given every college player across the board. So a good portion of those guys is going to wait till next year. And there's some portion of those guys who I'm really, really high on. But we'll talk about those guys next year. But two guys that's going to make themselves available and taking advantage of every opportunity heading to the 2021 season because they feel as though they're ready now. And one of these guys here is Mac McCain III from North Carolina A&T. Now, this young man declared himself eligible for the draft this year early on, and he's been working out. He also, I think he had a pro day um, at one of the area schools in his hometown because the HBCU schools did not have a pro day. None of them had a pro day this year. But he did have his pro day. He got something out there. And I will tell you, this young man now, this is one of those situations where I talked about when I started on the show where you have a player. Now, I don't know his whole story. I'm not going to act like I do. But you have those players that should have gone or had an opportunity to play big boy ball. But because of some situation, they wind up finding themselves at a smaller school. And when you go to a smaller school, the competition of play there is not at the par of that player's skill set that should be at a powerhouse school. Now, during the course of the time, because of the lack of funding, the lack of equipment, all that you know stuff, including the play on the field, a player's play can diminish a little bit. But I would say with McCain the third, he he pretty much kept his play on an even kill throughout his whole college career at North Carolina A&T. Now, when you look at his tape, and you do give a good breakdown, and it's not his fault. But a lot of times with the quarterback play he went up against, the quarterback play in the HBCU is not that good. So you have a lot of passes that were either overthrown, underthrown, not really good balls, not a lot of zip. And when you look at the defensive backs on, a, on, on that level, how they're making these stops and these plays, oftentimes because of the quarterback play is not that, was not that good, it makes the defensive backs who are really good look even better 
and then when it's time for these guys to get into camp or go and show out their skill set, there are certain things that scouts will look for as far as the technique, explosiveness, how they turn, how they move, their lateral movement, their eyes, how they use their feet, all in their toes, are they paddling, are they getting down low enough, all these things they look at. And if the competition to play they used to playing against in college is not that good, the things that the scouts are looking for, they won't see it in these players. But I would say with McCain III, he was able to maintain a skill of excellence, and he was not really hampered by that, meaning that this young man, six foot, 185 pounds, probably pulling a little bit more weight. He's very agile. He have great, he have a great twitch. Switches very well, very quick, very calculated. He is a play. He has playmaking ability because he know how to run the routes. He actually runs the route sometimes better than the receivers that he had to go up against. He tracks the ball very well. Reads his uh, read body motions and have eye aware, awareness. I mean, that's the way how he plays. Now, when you look at his tape, one of the fundamentals that I really love about this kid is that he do not give up the inside. He always, he would turn his back to make sure that the the receiver is running towards us, is running outside parallel with out-of-bounds. And he used the out-of-bounds very well like an extra defender. So he will turn and force the receiver to stay to the outside. Solid technique, that is something that the teams in the NFL want to see. And he forced them that way. And the thing about it is so awesome is that his anticipation is brilliant. There's nothing short of that. Another thing I love about him is that he's not easily fooled. You may have receivers always want to do a a, a double move. He's not tricked off that double move, folks. Now, the skill level of the receivers compared to big boy football you know, isn't like, you know, someone who you see that play at Bama or, or, or Ohio State. It's not the same. However, what remains the same is that McKay, uh, McKay is actually disciplined enough not to fall for it, not to bite. And that can translate to the next level. I really believe that he is what you consider a draftable player. So make sure you watch out for Matt McKay the third from North Carolina A&T. And then Jalen Harris from Prairie View, he pretty much had the same skill set. Just a little shorter, standing at five uh, five eleven, one ninety. Pretty much had the same skill set as McCain. Very crafty. Only thing is, I would say that he's a little bit more disrupt, disruptive. Disruptive. He actually guard against routes very well, and he is a hitter. That's another thing. You know, he he will not be afraid to put his pads down and to strike a blow. He actually will run with great speed, stride for stride with a wide receiver, whoever that pass catcher is, is have a solid pad level. He, he's, he rarely falls for the double move as well, just like McCain. Active hands, great leaping ability, very instinctive, and he also has shutdown ability. Watch out for Mr. Harris from Prairie View a Now, when we get to the defensive fronts. Now, the defensive fronts, like I said, for the most part, they're, like, they're small. And we look at a guy named Brandon Caldwell from Delaware State, 5'11", 250 pounds, plays the um, tackle very strongly, very strong, nearly always at the point of contact, always doing the first one there. Quick on his feet, he's a finisher, have good leverage, off the edge, active around the line, very smart. He understands gap assignments very well great instincts, and also he puts pressure and he's very intense. 
only thing that probably would hurt him is his size. And then we look at Craig Evans from Langston. And then we also look at Terrell Goodwin from, from South Carolina State. Both players 6'1", interior guys. Evans is 327 pounds. Goodwin is 270 pounds at 6'1". Same height. Now, when we look at Evans, Evans is very powerful, very patient, good feet, and he can take on, he can take on double teams very well. A lot of things that he does do not show up on stats because he used his strength and his skill set to help free things up for his teammates to make plays. Solid trait, something that the teams in the league will definitely look at. He fires off the snap really quickly, gets penetration, the angles very well. Good hand usage, very tough, stays with the play, strong hands. When we look at Godwin, good one. He's very shifty, very agile. He has great push, and he also has a good bull rush technique. Very strong, powerful. When he wants to be powerful. Now, every situation doesn't necessarily need someone to come off of a bull rush situation, or you don't always have to go a certain way physically. There's certain things you can do to get around an offense alignment. And he just picks his time when he really wants to be powerful and when he don't want to be powerful. That means that he know how he understands the game and he understands the situation. That's the part that I love about this young man. He also have good – his hands are always active, good feet, good leverage, attach the ball, and he will never quit on the play. He's very, very fundamentally sound. And then we have another gentleman named Jalen Stewart from Arkansas Pine Bluff. 6'3", good size, 260 pounds. Quick off the ball, very shifty, solid lateral movement, aggressive, athletic, good speed, strong hands, good anticipation. He gets pressure, and he also has good feet as well. Now when we get to the linebackers. Now these linebackers have a really good, good size, good speed. One of the other things that we recognized is in um, the in, um, Super Bowl uh, 54, I mean Super Bowl 55 last year with the Bucks win over the Kansas City Chiefs, and we look at Devontae David. Now, Devontae David is not that first linebacker that can cover downfield, that can play the passing lane, but he was one of those guys that he pretty much put on, put on the highlight how it is important to have a linebacker that can go stride for stride with an a all-pro tight end in Travis Kelsey. Devontae David completely shut Travis Kelsey down in that game. And when you have a linebacker that can take out a prominent tight end, the need for double teaming down the field is even better because when you, have, when you don't have to double team a solid tight end like a Travis Kelsey, it makes open up one for defense and especially for that secondary. And what Devontae David put on highlight last year, that if you can have a linebacker that can cover as well as he can to take out a, a, a dominant tight end and free up the secondary to double team other solid receivers, you have something special there. One of the things I like about these linebackers from the HBCU level, these guys can cover and have that skill set to go one-on-one with a solid tight end. Now, it will take some time for them to get there, but the, the, the basic fundamentals are there already. And when we look at a guy named Nigel Chavis from Norfolk State, 6'2", 230 pounds, this young man is fiery, very vocal, very aggressive, strong hands, 
communicates very well, decent speed, good leverage. He knows how to shoot the angles very well, sheds and squeeze blockers very well. I mean, he's, he's really good in between the tackles when he has to. But he also get off the block very well, very strong, good lateral movement. That's what you want to have in your linebacker. And then we get to a guy named Calvin, um, Calvin Lemkins from Southern, 6'1", 230 um, 30 pounds. Plays sideline to sideline, shoot the hole very well, strong upper body, good hands, very aggressive, smart, communicates very well, reads the quarterback very well, solid against the run, a pure tackler, and he's also a, have decent speed. Now, linebacker, um, Solomon Muhammad, Alcorn State. I don't know what happened last year, why this young man didn't get that recognition they needed, but this guy is an NFL player. 6'1", 235 pounds, per tackler, solid pad level, good feet, strong hands, a versatile athlete. He played above his average speed for the position. He's one of those guys, his, his, you, would, you would see him drop back in coverage a lot, batting balls away, find his way to get to the ball. He makes plays on the ball all the time. He's one of those guys that can be like a Devontae David on the next level. Good technique. Holds containment very well, allowing his teammates to make plays if he can't get to it. Always on his toes, very balanced, always in control. Shed blockers very well, and he also gets solid, solid penetration. These are some of the players here on the defense side of the ball. I will post this on lockerdash.com with some other players and also see my video portion on YouTube. That's why you guys got to follow him on YouTube because Locker, the Locker Talk podcast is taking off, folks. A lot of subscribers are subscribing. Don't be, don't miss out. Y'all guys do it too. That's it for today's show. Next week, probably touch on a couple more defensive players. Then we're going to get right to the offensive players leading up to the 2021 NFL Draft. Make sure you guys tune in to the Locker Talk Bachelor News on the Bachelor News Radio Network where you hear about NFL stars tomorrow today. I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of LockerDashport.com. And you guys can follow me on any one of my social handles on Twitter at Locker underscore reports, on Instagram, LockerReport100, on Facebook, LockerReport.com, and Locker Talk Podcast on Facebook. But make sure you guys subscribe on YouTube to Locker Talk Podcast. And of, and of course, check me out on the BassNewsRadioNetwork.com where you can check this show out anytime you want to. Everyone stay blessed. Be safe out there. Keep it up, folks. We're almost there. Stay blessed.